episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle, and this week we are talking about processes and how they shouldn't be ends. We need to understand the reasons so we can make good decisions. We recently had an incident with a teacher at our children's school. The weather here in Utah, in the United States where we live, is fickle this time of year. So it is currently springtime, transitioning from winter into the spring. One day, it can be very warm, uh, 50 degrees Fahrenheit or around 10 degrees Celsius, while the next day it can drop to extremely cold, you know, 20 degrees Fahrenheit, negative six degrees Celsius. On one of these cold days, we sent our son to school with two coats. Uh, But when he looked outside for recess, the sun was bright and it looked pretty warm. So he only wore one coat as he went out to play. As soon as he got outside, he realized how cold it was. So he turned around to grab his other coat, only to have one teacher tell him to keep going out. He had, quote, made his choice. Now he needed to live with it according to her. So he had a miserable recess in freezing temperatures because a teacher wouldn't let him grab his other coat. When he got home and we heard that, my wife and I immediately went over to the school to talk to the principal and the teacher involved. We had several discussions and emails, much to our son's distress, since he just wanted the whole thing to go away. But amazingly, the teachers felt like the process and the rules should reign supreme in this situation. That children should wear what they have when they go out to recess, and that's the end. Cold weather be damned. No opportunity to grab an extra coat if it turns out to be colder than they expected. As if children in first and second grade should be able to know what the weather is like. Uh, the entire ordeal left my wife and I uh, pretty frustrated. While we appreciate Uh, rules and good processes. If the adults in this type of situation can't apply some critical thinking and critical reasoning to extenuating circumstances involving young children, what hope do any of us have? It doesn't even seem like a hard case. When it's really bad weather, let kids do what they need to, even if that's not the standard process. So, Let's talk about routines and processes. We often have many processes in our lives and businesses that help keep things moving along smoothly. We have routines in our lives that allow us to more easily get through certain times in our days. I have a a morning and evening routine, as most of us probably do. While I do periodically change it up, my routine allows me to quickly and efficiently get through certain parts of my day without forgetting things like brushing my teeth or taking medicine. In our businesses and on our teams, we often have many processes too. Often we've put these in place over time to make our teams more efficient or to ensure we don't forget certain steps that may be important. For example, on one of my teams, we had a standard process of a weekly update that went out to certain people. Every person would contribute a few key bullets. We'd aggregate everything And then we'd post the update so everyone could see the latest information. This worked really well for everyone involved and many people relied on it weekly. Most software development teams have standard quality assurance processes along with standard release processes to ensure that code is checked and verified 
uh, before it is put into production and released into the hands of users. These usually make sense, at least in theory, to ensure that all teams can verify their code and efficiently move code from testing into production. But what about evaluating our processes? All of this said, we shouldn't mindlessly follow our processes. The problem with most processes is when they become ends to themselves rather than means to an end, like the ability to efficiently ship new features or inform people about updates. Processes are there for our benefit to accomplish something, not as ends to themselves. In one organization, we had the standard process of a biweekly status update meeting. When I joined, I questioned the purpose of the meeting. Who needed the information and why were we providing it? Could we do it differently or even stop? We found out we had started doing these meetings because one executive had wanted it. And we'd simply kept doing them because it became a tradition and no one had stopped them or questioned them, even after the executive was gone. In another organization, I took over a weekly update email that had been sent out for years. I had no idea if anyone even looked at it or used it. So I tested out the hypothesis. I slimmed down the email to see if anyone noticed or cared. Then I stopped sending it for several weeks keeping backups of the data in case I needed it. When no one cared or noticed or commented, I just ended it. So it is easy to become a slave to a process and even easier to forget why, why we are doing something. We may have the rule or process that kids need to go outside at recess. Normally that may work. But the reason we have people involved in most processes is to apply critical thinking when needed. If the weather is unusually cold, we can and should stop to think about letting kids come in, come back inside for their coats. If a meeting has been happening for a while, we can and should question it. If we've been doing something a certain way because that's the process, we should dig deeper to understand why. Good processes can help us be more efficient and lead to good outcomes, but we shouldn't be slaves to our processes. We should consistently evaluate them and ensure that they are leading us to the right outcomes. So that is our discussion on why processes shouldn't be ends and why we need to understand the reasons behind them in order to make good decisions. We've got some other interesting links and reads in this week's newsletter, which of course you can find at productthinking.cc if you haven't already subscribed. And of course, follow wherever you get your podcasts if you prefer to listen. Uh, of course, we're living in a simulation, uh, an article which is uh, super fascinating. It's one of many possibilities, but it's impossible to disprove. So it's, here we have it. Uh, to quote from it, nobody knows most likely nobody ever will if this world of ours was simulated by some higher dimensional alien race and for what purpose and ultimately whether our simulators were themselves simulated at a certain point really the specifics of it begin to seem beside the point it really could be simulations all the way down so simulation of a simulation of a simulation and how are we supposed to know i think it's a fascinating thing to think about. And it's become more common. Uh, so check out that article and we may have to review that book. I have it uh, in my list 
uh, went out and got it, the book that that article is based on. So we may add it to our list here soon. Uh, another article, The Family That Always Lives on Daylight Savings Time. I love daylight saving time. Uh, we just switched the clocks here uh, uh, recently for everybody who uh, goes on daylight saving time. And I would prefer to have more daylight in the evening year round, frankly. So this family is kind of inspirational for me. Quoting from the article, Standard Time has mired most of the U.S. in winter darkness for months. In November, Americans willed the sun, which otherwise would have set by 6 p.m. or so in the northern part of the U.S., to set earlier at 5 or even 4. Those who still have analog clocks and watches crank them back one hour. Otherwise, iPhones and other devices automatically thrust the country backward. In their cold town in Connecticut, the Richards family thought, what if we didn't? I think that every year. What if we didn't? And so they decided to just stay on daylight saving time. <laughs> Inspirational. Uh, check that out. And finally, The Gollum and the Ginny. This is a book I just finished reading by Helene Wecker. Uh, and it was delightful. If you enjoy historical fiction or fantasies and fables, uh, it's a great read. It was an excellent, excellent book and excellent writing. Um, so check that one out. I link it, of course, in this week's newsletter. So again, I am Kyle Evans. You can find me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans. You can find uh, the links for all of the references here at productthinking.cc. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, and I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>